Hi there, welcome to the More Civil Podcast. This is a podcast for Blacks, Asians, and those who love them. I am Mo, and I am your host, ready to spark your curiosity as I take you on this adventurous ride of exploring cultures through the stories of my guests from all over the world. On this show, we get really personal, discussing salient issues that are relevant to our contemporary age and also building community around them. As our guests exercise courage and vulnerability in sharing their life's experiences, we hope that in turn you are inspired by them and that you get the courage in it to set your own stories free. Enjoy the ride and thank you so much for listening. Um, welcome back to the show and I'm super, you know, I always say super excited because I think always having an episode or talking with somebody is always exciting for me because if you know my personality type, I get very high on knowledge and just, you know, sharing stories and today's no exception. I actually met her on Facebook um, in a Facebook group for minority pharmacists, women or women pharmacists. I think I'm kind of mixing those up and I think what stood out was her last name because I was like... That's Nigerian and that's Igbo. So I was like, okay. And then she had asked a question on the thread about how many of your professionals here having like a side hustle? And I'm like, I guess my podcast counts as a side hustle. So I, you know, responded and she came into the DM and she asked a lot of insightful questions. I was like, okay, hey, would you want to come on the show to kind of talk about yourself in your process? She's like, yeah. And then the rest, as it says, you know, history. So today on the show is um, Doc Peace Uche. She's a doctor of pharmacy, guys. She's also a transformational rhythmic speaker. She's an empowerment guru and a radio show personality. And she's guided hundreds of women in creating a life they deserve and desire by owning their intimate, innate gifts and talents and pursuing their passions. Her mission is to help just a thousand women clearly define their soul purpose and confidently advance towards that purpose. Doc Peace envisions a world of unity and seeks to accomplish this vision by helping others shine their light and her steadfast motto is together we thrive so everyone without further joining welcoming Dr. Peace to the show all right <laughs> yes thank you so much darling together we truly thrive and i'm so grateful yeah, to have connected with you mm-hmm. yeah oh same here same here so first let's just get started i always ask this fundamental question tell us a little bit about yourself um where you grew up and what i was like That's a great question. So uh, I was born and raised in Southern California. I remember growing up in a single parent household. Uh, My mother um, was a nurse and so she raised me and my three siblings single-handedly. And one of the phrases I remember her saying over and over again, probably multiple times a day was get it going, get it going. And what she meant by that was that it was important to set my intention on a goal, stay focused, stay aligned, and get it going. She also always told us that education is the key to to success. (laughs) And it it is, it's true. So um, through a series of events, I ended up becoming a pharmacist um, and and ended up here where I am now um, through another series of events. (laughs) But you in any case, 
Okay, let's let's backtrack. So, was your mom Nigerian? Is your mom Nigerian or your dad Nigerian? Oh, they're both Nigerian. So they moved here okay. to America in their twenties. They moved separately, and then they met here in America. Got married, had three daughters, um, but then it didn't quite work out. So my mother ended up raising me and my three siblings single-handedly. <laughs> okay. Well, um, thanks for sharing that. Because the way your mom was talking, I was like, "That sounds Nigerian," but I didn't want to make any assumptions. You, you know, Nigerian moms, and mm-hmm. you know how they just want you to, you know, get straight on that path of straight and narrow, and also focus on your books and education. And I'm glad that really worked out for you. So, um, pharmacy school. Pharmacy school is. So I, I have a pharmacy degree as well, but I, I didn't mind in Nigeria. Totally different kind of training, right? But I noticed that here in the U.S. is so much appreciation for, at, at least now it's getting to the point where you can define your path as you want it to be. So we have people like doing entrepreneurship or even like MBA degrees or even like having like dual degrees in pharmacy school. And I know other parts of developing countries are still yet to catch up on that. So I'm curious, you know, at, at what point did you start developing that this aspect of you, you know, going towards, you know, empowerment? Were there things in your childhood or as a pharmacy student or just, you know, meeting somebody that kind of enlightened you towards this path? Another good question, Mo. So, you know, I remember having this conversation, it probably happened many times growing up, was I would suggest certain things that I could do when I was asked, what it is, what, what do you want to do when you grow up? Oh, and I would suggest certain things that, that uh, move me. I want to be an artist. And then the response would be, oh, there is no money in that. Oh, or I want to be, um, I want to be a painter or I want to be a, a singer or a speaker. And the response would always be, there is no money in that. Oh. And so I remember the only answer that was acceptable was, I want to be a doctor. Oh my gosh, you just threw all Nigerian mothers under the bus. <laughs> and I love how you're putting O at the end of your sentence, because that's how it's happening. You have to pontificate with the O at the ending. <laughs> mm-hmm, definitely. So, you know, that taught me from a young age that that was the only acceptable um, occupation. And so that's what I went for. And, you know, it, it resonated with me because I love the idea of helping people. I still do. I love helping people I, in any capacity, um, specifically empowering their confidence. And even as a pharmacist, that's what really motivated me in that space was being able to provide medication education so that I could give my patients the tools and the, the confidence that they need to take control of their own health and well-being. And so actually that was just, that's a revelation I just made right now. <laughs> that connection. It was all about, <laughs> seriously, thank you. It was all about empowering confidence all along. And, um, and so um, the way that I transitioned from being a pharmacist to what I am now, an empowerment guru and having um, my own, my own business and being a sole entrepreneur was uh, it probably started a few years ago when I realized that there was something missing. There was something missing. I felt like I was playing this role. Um, and even though I, I was playing it very well, um, I almost minored in theater. So I was really good at acting. And <laughs> so I was playing this role and, you know, I had a great home, a great car, 
great family, great friends. Like I had a, it was a great life from the outside, but I could feel that there was something missing that I was, I was like not fully being myself. I wasn't fully, fully reaching my potential that I could do so much more, that I could help so many more people that I could do, that my purpose was, was greater and that I hadn't quite found it yet. And so um, I know a lot of us probably have felt that way before, or still feeling that way. And for me, that revel- that realization hit me when I was at this family wedding, this Nigerian wedding of 2017 or so. And I remember sitting in this beautiful gold sequin dress and it was really expensive because, you know, I'm a pharmacist, so I'm making bank um, and I could spend it on things like that. Um, and so I looked the role, I looked the part, well, well put together. Um, and I remember sitting there watching all the guests arrive and interact. And I felt that I was like in this bubble, this bubble of self-doubt because I wasn't fully able to engage because I was playing a role. And so that's when this realized revelation came and I realized that I need not just to wear gold, I needed to be gold. I needed to be a genuine, original, loving dreamer. That's when I came up with this powerful acronym and that's when everything changed. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for that. That's, you know, it's always amazing to see how people get to their process and when you realize that there's, there's got to be more to life, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I'm glad that you found that for you and it's, you know, it seems like it's working for you. So that's always good to hear because sometimes okay. I think people just see, I mean, education is good. Education, I think sometimes might buy you time to figure out what you want to do, but don't let it just be the end. You know, um, and you can always pivot. Like you can always, you know, take a detour and find out what works for you. And exactly. I imagine that practicing as a pharmacist in the U.S., there's so many hassles that co- that comes with, and sometimes that can be quite demoralizing. And many people feel so stuck in it that they don't even know how to get out. And I'm not saying that as a whole the profession is bad, but there's a lot of improvements that need to be made to improve the lives of the pharmacists. You know, who tend to work, you know, longer, just you know, stressful shifts. And, and but I'm, I'm glad that you found what works for you. And, you know, so I'm just curious, do you still practice on the side or it's? I do not, actually. I haven't stepped foot into a pharmacy um, since last beginning of last year. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, I, it, it is a task, a taxing um, p- position, but it's also very rewarding. And I, I see that yes. and I, I want to acknowledge that. Um, but it doing that occupation wasn't my purpose. It it didn't align with me. Um, and I did it for a few years, six years specifically. I went to pharmacy school for four. Um, I went to undergrad for four, all the same school. So undergrad for four at the same school, University of California, San Diego, then proceeded to another four years to get my doctorate at the pharmacy school, then did a year of residency. So that's nine years now. And then I worked as a pharmacist for about five to six years and then and then I that's when I had that realization that there was something that there was something missing that there was something more and I, yeah. I share that because like you said a lot of oftentimes after we do all this schooling and all this training and we get to this destination we think that it's the final destination 
that we've gotten here, we've arrived, and we must stay here for life. Mm-hmm. Because we did all this work to get here, but it's yeah. not, it's not necessarily that. It's not it's not so at all, because we create our own reality. So it's okay to pivot when what where you're at does no longer resonate with you. And I'm not okay. saying to be like fluffy and be like ah let's do. Something oh, no, else. no, no. It's just knowing that you have choices, right? You have choices and. You determine what you what you have for you, what you want to do. And I can imagine that even some of your family members who genuinely care about you were probably worried when you quit your job. But yeah. we thought, is she okay? You know, mm-hmm. checking yeah. on her. Yeah, yeah but definitely. You, know, you don't have to like sometimes you don't have to like prove, you know, a lot to people. As long as this is what you think you want, then you go for it. And then time will tell. Mm-hmm. You know, and you find your peace. Cause I I feel like there's so much, there's so much more to life. There's so much more to life that we sometimes miss that because of just trying to make, you know bank and make the bills those are important things to consider but then how is it eating at your soul right mm-hmm. and so that you need to figure out that because nobody knows those pain points unless you have that conversation with yourself and if you've not been able to recalibrate your inner sensors for you to be able to pick those signals you're just gonna keep you know working for the big and just you know churning stuff through the machine and what does that make you you become soulless and then you you find yourself on your deathbed and it's like Oh, I regret that. Nobody ever dies and or on their deathbed goes, I wish I could have just worked one more hour. You nobody ever, <laughs> you know, like just one more hour, just one more hour in the office. But yeah, um I, I'm I'm always it's always nice to know to to know that, you know, um people like find their path and all that. So now let's talk about what you do as a life coach. What is it about and why would people why would someone need a life coach? And I say this as someone who I got to a point that I told myself earlier to say, like, I think I need a life coach. Now, what does that really entail? I probably don't I don't have like a full idea of it, but I know I had a friend who talked about it last year during a panel that we had put together. And she talked about, you know, how a life coach was this and that. And everything she said, it permitted my memory for a little bit, but then I think it's something so deep that I could still remember the term life coach, but I've never had one. So tell us a little bit about what a life coach does and why you think people would need a life coach. Yeah, so actually quite a few of my clients have never had a life coach before. Um, and so it's it's not a, uncommon to never have heard of one or not quite understand what it is that we do. Um, one thing that I do want to clarify is that I don't consider or call myself a life coach. I, um, I use the term empowerment guru because I feel that it's more of coaching, uh, more, more than just coaching you through life. It's empowering your confidence to go align with your purpose and confidently get it going towards that purpose. And so I give you the tools to do that. I believe that everyone has what I call an empowerment toolbox. So it's a matter of being able to fill up that toolbox with as many tools that resonate with you, that help with your mindset to empower your confidence, take you from feeling powerless to feeling powerful, figuring out what tools work well for you. And then when you get to these moments where you feel like you're lacking confidence or you need a boost of motivation or a dose of inspiration, you can pull from your own toolbox. You're not relying on someone else to give you that dose of inspiration. It's it's great to get that, right? But it's important to be able to realize that you have everything you need within you. 
And so my thing is all about empowering the confidence within and helping you to own your innate gifts and talents and skill sets so that you feel confident to proceed and to walk in your purpose. Okay. So empowerment girl and provide people with that toolbox so that they can apply whatever is in the toolbox for when they need it. So let's get a little bit practical here. Mm-hmm. I have a therapist and it took a while for me to get to that point that I needed to talk to a therapist. And specifically when my thoughts became darker and I found myself like I was really depressed when I called the helpline, they were like, no, you need to come in right now. Cause that sounds like you've been depressed for a while. And I really didn't even know that I, I was just going to talk to somebody, but it ended up being like, I had talked to somebody for a long time. And then fast forward, what, seven years later, I'm still in therapy of my choice. You know, I, I have a long ongoing relationship with my therapist because we formed such a relationship that I know she was the best, you know, out of my life for me. And so I had to get to a point where I was really stuck, you know, emotionally and mentally I was, you know, just getting darker that I needed a therapist. At what point would somebody get to in their life that they would say they needed they need an empowerment guru? For that very reason. They feel stuck, they feel unfulfilled, they feel like there's something more, but they don't know how to find that something more. And I wanted to say that I applaud you for realizing that you were at this position, that you needed help and you reached out for that help. And it's not easy to do that, but so I want to applaud that that yeah. uh, your yourself, your seven seven year past self. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thank doing you. That. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, and so yeah, those who come to me. There, actually quite a few of my clients are seeing both a therapist and myself because it's different. Um, it's, it's different. So um, as, a, as an empowerment guru, we, I provide these modules. So you work through these modules on your own time. Uh, it's not simply me listening to your, what is going on in your life. Yes, I do that. But it's more of working through these tools to assess how we can um, improve your current life and plan out your future so that you're no longer where you're at now, you're in a better place. And figuring out what that place is that you want to be. Because if you don't know where you're going, you're going to end up somewhere else. And that kind of makes sense. So it's, it's, it's like a therapist in the sense that there needs to be like a relationship and there needs to be like some things you like to work on to improve on the process. And you're like a therapist because you might not necessarily have that direct session all the time. You might just, you know, lend a helping hand or provide some models for them to like, you know, go over and, and stuff like that. Yes, exactly. And the key here is again, to get it going. It's back to that family mantra of mine. And that family mantra is didn't just start with my mother. It started with her great grandfather, which was the chief yeah. of my tribe. Uh, he was actually the chief of my tribe back in Nigeria. And so his whole thing was about getting it going to the village, getting it going, making those moves intentionally. And so he passed that same mantra down to my great, my grandfather and then my, my mother. And then, and then my mother passed that on to me and I'm sure I'll continue to pass that on to my, my children. And it's a family mantra because it's true. It's important to set your intention on something and get it going. Um, and so once I work with my clients through what I call the golden program, which is the entry program. Then we advance to golden business accelerator, which is, this is the program that actually allows them to get it going. So now you are empowered, right? You know, you're aligning with your purpose. You are ready to get it going. What's next. 
And what's next is to start your online-based business, to define your expertise, your gifts, and your skill sets and package that in a way that now you can help serve others. Because all of those innate gifts and talents that you've been blessed with, they were God-given for you, not to help you simply survive, but to help you thrive. And so it's a matter of tapping into that, owning that, and then being able to, the same way that those gifts and talents and skill sets, that unique set of gifts, talents, and skill sets, the same way that they help to illuminate your life road, you can also help teach them to others to help illuminate their life roads. And so, so you, in a way, turn them into ambassadors for other people. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so we help. I help them build, create their own online-based business where they're illuminating someone else's life road simply by using their innate gifts and talents. And then to grow their business organically. So by speaking on other people's platforms, like the platform we're on now, yeah. <laughs> on podcasts, on radio shows, uh, Facebook community groups, and building your community organically, sharing your message, sharing your value, and uh, and and then enrolling clients into their offer and, and even publishing a best-selling book. And it's all encompassed in this program because this... I wanted to put together everything that I've done in order to create a thriving business and give my clients the tools to do the same. Okay. That sounds, you know, very rich. So let's play devil's advocate just for a little bit. Um, I've, I know there could be some sentiments like, oh, life coaches, you know, this sounds so soft. They're not a therapist, they're not a clinical psychologist. You know, just people just throwing a bunch of words out there. For Mm-mm. detractors like that, like, what would you like to say about just the utility of having a life coach in your life? Mm. I appreciate this question because I know that there's people like uh, who are speaking those words or thinking those words um, and doubting the ability, the the effect that a life coach can have on your life. And I just want to say that. Um, I guess the best way to do would be to give an example to my clients who started working with me who had severe depression and she was a mother, kind of a single mother, even though she was together with her partner, it was more, she was the one uh, raising her, her, um, her child. And so she came to me with a, with a sense of depression, um, not really motivated um, and, and lost. Um, I remember meeting her actually in person um, before we started working together and I could sense that there was a cloud over her. And, um, I'm very grateful that she allowed the opportunity for us to work together. And after working together for a couple months, um, first of all, when we first started working together, there was an exercise that I have all my clients do. And it's to write out 30 gifts and talents, just 30. 30, and that's a lot. <laughs> just 30. But it's anything that anyone has ever told you that you are good at, anything that you believe that you might be remotely good at, anything anything that you feel is a gift or a skill set or something that makes you unique. And she was only able to write out seven. Uh. And I remember thinking, okay, we can do more. We can do more with this. And so again, it's all about empowering confidence. So after uh, just a few weeks of working together, her she was diligently working through the modules. She was diligently 
um, she was she was pulling things into her empowerment toolbox, seeing what resonated with her, such as affirmations and things like that. And so I remember after a few weeks, she she announced that she had been working on her list of 30 and now she has 33. Uh-huh. And that to me was just just so incredible to hear because it was a testament of the effect that taking the time to own your gifts and talents and skill sets and figuring out what helped to empower them and to bring that out and um, and then appreciating all of that. And there's so many different, there's so many different distractions that we have in life. And there's a lot of people telling us that we're not good at this or we're not we're not good, good looking enough or we're, there's so many different negative negativity all around us, right? So it's easy to get stuck into what I call a negativity tunnel where one negative thought leads to another negative thought. And so it's important to find that positive thought, to pull yourself out of that negative tunnel by finding just that one positive thought and bringing yourself out. So it's tools like this that helped her to really stop beating herself up because we tend to be our very worst critic. Yeah. Instead, pull ourselves up because when we are more confident, we're not looking to tear other people down, right? When you are more feeling confident in yourself, you're not looking to tear others down. You're looking to build others up. And so- and that is the power of, of working with an empowerment guru, any empowerment guru, any life coach um, to give you these tools and skill sets to, to empower your confidence, to, to move forward, to step into the light and no longer live under this cloud of self-doubt and gloom because life is so much more beautiful. This life is beautiful. And so my purpose is to show others, to show the world that we can really be beautiful together. And together we thrive. Together we thrive. Thank you for mm-hmm. that. Thank you for that. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, that was, that was a good one. So there's a question I was going to ask you about transitioning. I had someone on my show last year and she went to school. She's a mom of two. And then later in life, she started going to modeling. And as you can imagine... Usually people end up retiring at that time she's entering the model business. But there was something she said about um, transitioning that even though she knew that this was her purpose, it still didn't make it easy. There was a lot of, you know, she had to talk to people to like encourage her, the right kind of people, by the way. And that even you knowing your purpose as far as transitioning to something else, you still have some some stuff that might want to hold you back. So I'm curious to know, um, being trained as a pharmacist, you switch professions, what challenges did you encounter during this transition process and how were you able to navigate all of that? Mm, that's another good, great question. Limiting beliefs was definitely part, part, like was definitely my biggest challenge. Not just my own limiting beliefs, but the limiting beliefs of others that were imposed onto me. And so first I needed to address my own limiting beliefs And I did that by acknowledging them, writing them down. Um, And then I turned each limiting belief into what I now call an expanding belief because limiting beliefs drain your energy. Um, They don't serve you. And so I needed to switch that around and turn them into a statement that 
empowered me, that lifted me up rather than pulled me down. And so that was really one of the biggest exercises that I was able to do to to keep moving forward. Yeah. Um, and then once I addressed my own limiting beliefs, then I had to figure out how I can start addressing other people's limiting beliefs, right? Because there's so many people who are like, what are you doing, Peace? Like, what? why are you doing this? What's the plan? And, you know, and I was still figuring it out, honestly. Um, and I'll get to how I was able to figure it out after I answer this, this, this question. So one thing that really helped me in addressing the limiting beliefs of others was realizing that there are two types of people, two main types of people. There are those who are aligned with their purpose and are getting it going towards that purpose. And there are those who are not aligned with their purpose. And so when I came to that realization, it helped me with the encounters that I had when people would address me about what I was doing. Because I found that those who are aligned with their purpose and were getting it going towards that purpose, it ended up always being a light-filled conversation. And it was more of like, okay, how can I help you get to where you are? What can I, what tools do you need? How can I support you? Okay. Like I can, you know, I recommend you doing this and I recommend that. And, you know, they were, they were really helping me with aligning with my purpose. And, but when I would speak what I was doing or what I was up to with those who weren't aligned with their purpose, that's when that, all that negativity and doubt and things that were keeping them stuck they would tell me <laughs> those same things that they were telling themselves. They were telling me their own limiting beliefs. And so that was really what was was like the the eye-opening moment when I realized these two this distinction between these types of people. And so then moving forward, I was able to be like, okay, I'm on, I'm going to align myself with those who are aligned with their purpose because as I align with my purpose, this, these are the types of conversations and these are the types of relationships that I want to hold space for. And then moving forward um, in actually implementing and creating my business, I did not do this alone because, Mo, they did not teach any of this to us in pharmacy school. <laughs> no one did. There was definitely many tools that I took with me into my business, like the ability ability to have high attention to detail, um, the ability to communicate effectively with with others, the, the the team, the medical staff team, coworkers, everything. So I was I was able to to use some of those skill sets that I learned in pharmacy school and implement them into my business for sure, but. I didn't know how to create a business, let alone an online based business. So I had, I worked with a media, a media specialist to, to teach me how to, how to grow my community organically. And I worked with a, a business coach to help me, um, create my own business to, to bring my vision into reality, to give me the tools that I needed to do that. So it wasn't like a, a sole mission where I was like, okay, I'm going to do this all on my own. I'm gonna, and I mean, I tried, I definitely tried. I would Google things, uh, found so many things on Google, some of which worked and some of which didn't. But what really helped me was to realize what I didn't know, because you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And if you stay in one zone, you wouldn't know the unknown. 
So I had to push myself outside of that comfort zone so that I could learn, so that I can grow, so that I can connect and become and become Doc Peace, who I am now today. Oh, that's 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 really really amazing. And just, well, as you were talking, two things came to mind, which is so speaking about that friend of mine who went to the modeling at a later age. She said the exact same thing you said about even when I knew that this was what I wanted to do, I had to go to the professional. So she had to go to school. To no matter I say school, like she took classes on how to like nail her, you know, catwalk and mm-hmm. partner with people. She started speaking at events. She's so big on like women empowerment as well. So yeah. So for anyone listening or to those listening, the fact that you've identified what your passion is. Don't just stop there. Make sure you align yourself with people that can help you, you know, spring for that idea. Um, take the necessary things you need to do. Like if you need to take courses or, you know, go online or ask questions, join communities, find your people out there, find people that will support you. And the second point would be speaking to um, to the fact, to the point you had talked about, finding people whose purposes are well aligned so that way they can, you know, help you with your purpose as well. And I always say this, aspire to those that are moving from like, other countries like Nigeria to the US, be careful who you talk to about what their traditional process has been like. Some people unknowingly they would ingest in you, inject in you their seeds of frustration. And that mm-hmm. shows a lot of fruit. And before you know it, your experiences are only you're featuring your experiences through the experiences. So I'm always careful the hardship I've gone through. I try not to make it a reality, right? Mm. And let people know, okay, this is what I've gone through, but I don't think it's gonna be the same for you. Here's what I think you can do. But sometimes we, there's a way we just tell people like the, the, the sordid, you know, the scary stories and those kind of sow a lot of seeds. So let's be very careful so we don't become like agents of, you know, misaligned purposes. So I just wanted to bring those two points. And thanks for that reminder, that piece. Um, we're kind of, we're kind of winding down now. And I, I mean, I feel like I could keep talking to you on and on. We'll be, let's talk a little bit about just your culture as, you know, being, Ibo, in a way, let me just be very, let me be very clear. Ask clearly, what do you identify as? You identify as, you know, an African woman or African American, and what elements of your Ibo heritage do you like, you know, hold on to? Mm, another great question. I consider myself a Nigerian American, first generation Nigerian American. I was born here in Southern California, um, and I visited um, my my family's homeland one for one week. Oh, one nice. Mm-hmm. What and, part of Nigeria is that? Well, Anambra. Anambra uh, State, yes. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. So yeah. being of having Nigerian blood in me, but then also very closely resonating with the American um, country, because that's that, that to me is my homeland. Um, but I have Nigerian blood running through me and I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that Nigerian heritage. And I can feel that. There are moments where there would be music playing and my my body will just will just dance because it's just my blood. And it's ancestors <laughs> are calling in a nice way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so, you know, um I I'm I'm blessed with with um with being a first generation Nigerian American and I mean I I honestly have a um, an American partner, um, and it's again, it's another aspect of like how I closely resonate with the American culture. 
Um, so yeah, that's a that's a great question. I've never had right. had that question asked before. <laughs> oh no, I'm always curious. I mean, so this is a show about culture, right? So I'm always curious to know how people let in fires because I feel like you know, regardless of the labels, it's not about labels. It's just what sh- how that has you know formed your identity as a whole, and speaking to your purpose as well. Um, so I mean, I I mean. It seems like you've been able to harmonize those two parts, being Nigerian and being um, American. But I'm curious to know the evil elements. Are there elements of your culture you rather did not exist? Based on what you know so far. There, there's a lot of elements that I love and that is what I choose to focus on. Okay. Yeah. Um, one thing, though, that I, I've noticed is this element of fear that um, um, is not just um, it's not just linked to the Nigerian or evil culture. Um, it's a lot of us live in this element of fear. Um, but I've noticed that it's very much so <laughs> in um in the Igbo land and Nigeria, it's it's this um, sharing of the most negative things that have happened, and I think it's in such a way that it's to warn you. But I see it as a way of living in fear, and so that's something that I I've noticed um, more so lately, um, and. Yeah. I mean, that's another great question that I've never been asked before, but that is something that I feel like is going to keep us like trapped um, in in that same bubble that I felt that I was in a few years ago. Yeah. Um, when you feel that everything around you is a threat or when you feel that walking outside of your comfort zone is a sure death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and then that's that's what keeps us trapped, feeling stuck. I think I agree with you to to an extent is that I, I definitely see that happening a lot. And while sometimes that can serve as a good purpose to deter you from like, you know, taking the wrong path, mm-hmm. I think the danger is when you embody that and then it stops you from living in your purpose. So be exactly. careful. I think it still boils down to your point that you made earlier on. Be careful who you listen to. Mm-hmm. You know, some people they might not knowingly do this to you, but it just, you know, so that seeds of frustration and fear and mm-hmm. it becomes your reality. And before you know yes. it, it becomes a generation and it's passed on and on, on and on. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I mean, subtle example, which is not, maybe not, it doesn't fall into the category, would be, I remember growing up, I wanted to, you know, we had a, we went to Lagoon Front, which is like one of those fine places to go in Lagos. And I went to go on a boat ride, but my mom wouldn't let me go. And she goes, oh no, what if the boat capsized? And if you die, if you... She, I don't know how she said it. She, she didn't... She wasn't trying to scare me, but I could get the warning. So the, the way it was communicated to me that if you die on the boat in the water, they had to like take all of your clothes and put it back on the water, like to send you away. And it stayed with me as a child. It took six swimming classes to be able to get rid of my fear of entering the water and I still have it at the back of my mind. I still sometimes can't get into the pool because I still think about drowning. And even though my mom, God bless her heart, and I love her, she said that to kind of warn me of, you know, not being too careless on the water. But that was what I remembered from the conversation was once you enter the water, you're going to die. 
I can swim. Like the, my last swimming classes, the instructor told me, "You don't need classes anymore. You can swim. I've seen you do it." But you'll be, you won't believe the piece that I still like. Sometimes I just freak out, and I'm almost the one, almost drowning myself in in a body of water, and it's all my mind. It's nothing about my technique. It's all my mind. So yeah, and I know what you mean by that. I know what you mean. My mom said did that said that to me to kind of help me be more careful, but. It had an effect that was, you know, it had an untoward effect on me when it came to like seeing a body of water. So yeah, I know that. I know that fear. It's it's so familiar. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, I can definitely relate to that story. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, oh, I too welcome. drowned, um, almost drowned <laughs> oh, uh, when I was younger, um, wow. and so it took me probably 10, 15 years to to finally step back into the water and try again. Um, and now I'm a I'm a I swim laps. Oh good. Um, and- <laughs> Um, and so, I mean, I had to overcome that, that fear as well, but I love what you said about how it's all in your mind because your mind has so much power. You, it, it, you can create your own reality. You change your first, you can change your perspective simply by, by using this in your mind. And so there's just so much power and it could be used negatively and it could be used positively. But when someone's sharing with you their fears, they're speaking their truth because that is their reality. Exactly. <laughs> and they need to listen to like a little bit of an asterisk, like, oh, by the way, this is just my experience. But please, you know, don't but, but, but we don't do that. Yeah. We just we yes. speak as a matter of fact. Like this is like, you know, drawing from yes. but that's the, 100%. Exactly. That's the asterisk that you can put on that once you're able to distinguish the blood is on. types of yes. people. Then you yes. can put your own hysteric on there and be yes. like, okay. Yes, and read the fine print. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Thank you, Dalu. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, guys, I mean, this is this is just I, I hope to encourage those that are listening that even if your mind isn't where it's supposed to be or people around you are so negative, by virtue of listening to this podcast, this is a podcast that's reminding you to do the opposite of that go on youtube find you know videos you can listen to or things you can watch find communities hardly would you hardly is there any excuse right now for not being able to access information there's so much free information out there and even with covid happening a lot of people have kind of like demonetized stuff and made things free so really what's really holding you back so just a reminder and i want to let you go but this is one question i have to ask you which is so let's talk about a little bit about the fun playful side side your instagram page is you know loaded with pictures you know of adventures you're quite adventurous i like that about you shows a very balanced lifestyle which is really needed and good and you embody paint costumes you seem to have just this zest for life just tell us a little bit more about how you wind down and why it's very important for you to you know have that side of you as well to like show the totality that's, that's such a great um Great question. Another one. So when I first, when I was working as a pharmacist, I feel like I wasn't able to fully express myself fully, right? I had to um, present myself as a pharmacist uh, professional in every aspect of my life, right? Um, And so uh, it wasn't until recently that I realized that, hey, I'm more than just a pharmacist. Like, yes, I am still a doctor of pharmacy by trade, but I am a transformational rhythmic speaker. I use the power of spoken word to transform mindsets. I'm a hula hoop dancer. That's just a gift that I've been blessed with. So I do it and it makes me happy and it makes others who watch me happy. So I'm going to keep doing that. 
Um, I love to travel. I love to explore, to, to, to have adventures and explore the unknown. So I'm going to show that because it encourages others to do the same, to step outside their comfort zone and to see that the world is a beautiful place. Let's go explore it. So like a lot of the things that I show are, is me trying to not, it's not a me show. I don't want to create like a me show. Hey, look at me. It's more of like, here's some encouragement for you to now please put down the phone and go out there and live your life and to show who you are, show your gifts and talents because yeah, you're, you might not be able to hula hoop dance like I can, like, but that's not what I'm trying to do. It's or encourage you to do. It's more of like taking the time to own your gifts and talents and then to share them with others unapologetically. I love that balanced life. You know, some people have pages on Instagram where they tend to like take an aspect of their life and they balance it out. That's okay. But I, if you follow my page, it's totally random because I don't have a, I don't have an agenda. I don't have a script. No. I share what I see and I share, you know, things that come at me. And so sorry, there's no order to that because I believe that we should show every part of you. Sometimes I share too much. I know, but it's like we all see the glam, but there's a lot that goes on behind. And I think it's always good to send a balance message like yeah we can walk we can also play too and exactly. that will become like you know jack the door boy <laughs> yeah and, you know is it ever <laughs> is it ever too much who says it's too much too that, much is uh, relative my mother my mother my mother oh. my parents that's <laughs> my mother again she like did you want to share that but now she she's kind of seen because there was a time i couldn't talk about so many things i was going through even my husband like he was a little bit uncomfortable for me because he didn't want people looking at me like, oh, you went through the oh, poorly you. But he said the games is made on my mental health. I mean, heck, the ability to have a podcast came from talking about my daddy issues and expressing that loudly. I mean, as a Nigerian child, talking about the issues you have with your dad was almost like taboo, but I, I did all of that and, you know, that set me free. So I don't even shy anymore. I still share it and I can amend later, but I don't like share just because I want to shock and all. But it comes from a place of having people see that this is what I've gone through, I'm going through, but there's a lot that... Because you, we're used to just sharing the good parts, right? We take 100 pictures, we, we put the you know the nicest one out there. I want to put like you know everything out there as much as I can to help someone see that, hey, there's more to me. I'm going through stuff as well, and it's okay not to be okay. So yeah, but my mom, she's of a different generation, and I appreciate her process. But now she's, I think she's seen just the freedom and the change that has occurred in me and so they don't fight it anymore mm. but yeah that's what happens when you work in your in your in your light and you you work and, and like what you said about ambassadors i want people to live a life where they can be free of shame and things that hold them back because there's so much uh mind the mind is such a such a beautiful warp thing like it can be that thing that brings you up or brings you down but what are you feeling it what are you feeling it so i hope that is conversation we've had today with you know doc peace about just um finding ways to like rise above stuff so if you need a life coach if you need someone to help you explore all of that to, to get your toolbox already to put all the tools there to walk into that light you know um reach out to her and how can people find you if they need your services yes um before we go into that i wanted to say that again social media i love that you're using it to express yourself fully and you're putting the, yourself in this vulnerable space because that's where true connections are made. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Because it's not, it's about engagement. Social media is made to be social. Yep. And so it's all about engagement. And I love, I, I, I'd rather have comments than, than likes, honestly. 
Like, Thank you. The comments <laughs> help start the connection to the conversation and really build relationships. Yep. What am I going to do with a like? <laughs> I appreciate that it spoke to you, but I appreciate the engagement even more. So, oh, so we're getting started about that. And now we're like, I don't have iPhones, but every time you text your friends, they like your text messages. I'm like, I'm on an Android as well. I'm on an Android as well. I'm like, I didn't even do that. Exactly. (laughs) What what, what, I'm joking to like text. I have a beef with that. Like that really, you know, that really gets my goat. Anyways, um, where can people find you? I just look like an African. Where can people find you? You know, and (laughs) engage with you and. You know, because you you have a lot of good content, like videos and inspirational stuff, and yeah. Yes, thank you so much. Um, I am on social media, uh, Doc Peace, D O C P E A C E, Doc Peace, and uh, you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, if you're looking for a dose of inspiration. And if you happen to not be on social media, uh, you can also go straight to my website at docpeaceofmind.com. Again, that's docpeaceofmind.com and if you're looking for a a dose of inspiration like right now um i i want to share with you seven tips to empower your confidence seven tips to shine so if you go to bit.ly forward slash seven tips to shine all lowercase seven tips to shine you're going to get seven tips on how you can shine your light even brighter now the seven is it spelled fully or just you know number seven? The number seven. Yeah, and you can send me all those links so we can put in the show notes. So guys, you know, go do all of that fancy stuff. Yeah. Piece, it's been such you know a pleasure talking to you, and really appreciate your time today and just the ability to share your story and all of the fancy stuff that you bring to the world. Wishing you all the best in your um, entrepreneurship journey. And oh. on behalf of everyone here at the Most Simple Podcast, we thank you, Dalu. Mm. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of the Morrisable Podcast well guess what there's plenty more where that came from so visit our website at www.mosibyl.com that is www.mosibyl.com where you can find hours of other binge worthy episodes just like this one and while you're at it, please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Podbean as it encourages other awesome people like you to listen to the podcast as well. We are now officially on Podbean. It has an app. You can catch up on missed episodes and also get a notification when we have new episodes. Do you have a question for our guest, feedback on the episode, or a suggestion for a future guest? Then please get in touch with us by sending us an email at talktomo at mostable.com or connect with us via Instagram at the Moral Civil Podcast. Cannot wait to hear from you and thank you so much for always listening.